This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to I Have to Call My Sister. My name is Stacy, And my name is Kayla. We're here to keep it real, tell crazy stories, talk about why you shouldn't worry about those pounds on your body, and how it's okay to sometimes feel a little cray. Let's go. We are so excited for today's guest. This girl, like, she went through some pretty scary and traumatic events in her life and then turned it around in, like, the best way ever. She is now the founder and creative director of Comeback Snacks, which was created while in prison, which is, what? like, I can't even believe. Also, just, like, a side note, Stacy and I are obsessed with popcorn. It's our favorite snack. Yeah, it um, <laughs> I don't even want to say too much just because I want you, Emily, to be able to tell your story, but please welcome Emily O'Brien. Thank you so much. We're so excited to have you on. It is funny Uh that, like, legitimately, popcorn is our favorite snack. Like, we've done like would you rather's before. It's like, would you rather never be able to have popcorn again? And we're like, no, like we can't. We would, we would, like, it's we're obsessed with popcorn. Yeah, it's like a thing people know. So we're like already like bonding in that. You're already ambassadors. You're great. <laughs> Kayla, you heard Emily on a different podcast, yes. and and Kayla called me. I have. She said I have to call my sister, and she said we <laughs> need to have this girl on our podcast because we have so many specific questions that I feel like only you would be able to answer. So yeah, if you don't mind, do you mind kind of telling your story and just starting from the beginning of when what happened, like what happened yeah. before all of yeah. this went down, kind of thing? Do you mind? Yeah, no, for sure. Um. Honestly, like it's so hard to condense it into like such a small time frame because it's so much happened. But basically, I graduated university. I moved to Toronto, kind of dove into entrepreneurship after working this like really lame corporate job. And I was like, I just can't do this. And then so I started to build my own social media business. While this was happening, I started to get into the more more to the party into the party scene and cocaine, lots of cocaine. And I got deals. And you know, I thought this was just part of building a business and I, I met someone who I thought had my best intentions in mind and who wanted to help me kind of ditch the ditch the drugs. I wasn't about to give up alcohol, but I definitely wanted to decrease my use of cocaine because it yeah. wasn't making me really happy. And my family was going through like a pretty tough split. And, you know, it was just hard. Like, I don't give like, sorry. Oh, my God. I almost swear. But I, you can I swear. You can oh, swear. I can? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people will be like, oh, like, you're, are you old enough? Like, you shouldn't be sad about your parents breaking up. It's like, listen, I grew up in a household full of love. And when your house, when your family breaks up and that hurts you, that means they did a great fucking job. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, yes. don't be like age shaming me for being sad about something and and using for it. Like, yeah. Just didn't make sense. Anyway. So I almost that. feel like, too, like when someone's younger, it may not even... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it may not even hurt them as much as when it's been that long all together, something you know for the longest time ever, and then all of a sudden it changes. Like, that. that's harder That's way more traumatic, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I I guess this is, like, a part of life for, like, 50% of people because that's the divorce rate. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? It wasn't like it was unusual, but it was still hard. And Mm -hmm. so, whatever, I chose to drink to try to get through it because I didn't want to be shamed for being sad. So I drank and did drugs. So that I could not be sad. Yeah. Even though I, in, internally I was, but externally I wasn't. So then I meet this guy who wants to, me to help, wants to help me get sober. We go on this trip down to St. Lucia. There's a, definitely some red flags, but you know, when we see red flags, uh, we often just like to twirl around 
with them and, and dance with them or sometimes <laughs> we like to turn them into outfits and mine just happened to be a drug smuggling outfit um yeah okay. so i get that on this trip with them sorry i have so many questions already Wait. <laughs> i told you very complex. I'm like so overwhelmed okay this is First one thing all, that's gonna happen throughout the podcast is that kayla and i would be like wait because we like to know just weird hold on a minute weird details so kayla go ahead and it's funny because um, you can tell that you've told your story so many times, right? So to, to us, we're like, that was already a crazy point that I want to know so much more of, right? So when you met this guy, did you originally know that he was into, like, smuggling drugs? No. No, not at no. all. I thought he sold cars. And, like, cars. <laughs> okay. Car salesman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So when that initial thing happened where, like, you just said that you were the one smuggling the drugs, how did that exchange go? Did he trick you into it? Did he say, hey, can you smuggle these drugs over? Like, how did that go? He actually asked me if I wanted to do it before I went on. we went on the trip. And I was like, absolutely, fuck no. Get the fuck out of my apartment. And I was pissed. Okay. And then, but he knows that I'm, like, a party, like party girl, whatever. I, he knows that I'm a social person. Yeah. So... I don't know why I can call myself party girl. It just sticks my me deeper. But <laughs> no, I know what you mean. But like I was a social person. And so I went out that night and he knew exactly when to text me like, oh, okay. You know, he knew that I was like about five or six drinks in. And he's like, you know, I, I feel so stupid about asking you that. I'm so sorry I even asked that. And I was like, okay. Because I was like, no, like I love my passport. My passport is like my most favorite thing in the world. I didn't want to do it. And he said, okay. He's like, me and you. He's like, send me your passport uh, information when we get home. So he sends me the... So when I get home, I take a picture of it and I send it to him. Well, he didn't just book the tr- the tickets with uh, that picture. He also sent it off to his associates down south oh. and said that I was going to be participating in this little endeavor. Or like at least this, this is the girl that will be participating or whatever. Yeah, with him. Yeah. With him because he okay. had apparently had a bunch of debts. Honestly, I'll never know the real truth. And that's just how life goes. But And how, how long were you with him at this point? Maybe six months, but it was like one of those casual, it was a casual relationship, but it was like re- casual relationship with substance, which was very rare, yeah. like at that time of my life. Like I didn't want anything with substance until I did. So Tinder was working great for me, you know, for a little bit. Do it. <laughs> so it was about six months, but I've known, okay. I've known him for about six months. Yeah. He's like, let's do this trip. Let's go. Me and you. You're like, yep, yeah, I'm down for it. Let's go. Yeah. So then. Yeah. What was that next step going to the airport and him? Like, did he give you the drugs? Like, how did that happen? Well, we left Canada. And so when once we left Canada, everything was fine. Like, we went to, like, a little all-inclusive. Three days in, it was, like, went jet skiing. Like, I don't know. Did He even drank, which was weird. And he's like, oh, do you want to get drugs in here? And I, and I was just kind of, like, weirded out. Because I was like, I thought this was, like, a little sober trip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, fuck it. Well, let's go some drugs. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. <laughs> Why did you think it was supposed to be a sober trip? Because um, he was the one that said I, I didn't need to be on all these drugs. Oh, so, like, that's right. how he got into my That's how he got into my soul, because I actually thought he had my best intentions. Oh, right. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Yeah. I get it. I get it now. I get it. I get but it. And then the second we get down there, he's, like, feeding me all this alcohol and, like, encouraging and asking me if I want so he already is hitting my weak spots, right? Yeah. Right. And then the third day, literally the third day, he's like, okay, like you're not going down to the pool today. And I was just like sitting on the hotel bed, like literally staring at the pool, about to go down. Cause I did, I went, I usually go down to the pool at, like three every day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't get sunburned. And he's like, oh no, you're not going, <laughs> I mean, you're not going down to the pool today. Like our friends are coming to pick us up in half an hour. 
And he's like, it's not all fun and games. And I was like, okay. So do you think that they're like, when you analyze it and figure out, like, do you think he was doing that on purpose? Like he was trying to get you like, like drinking and partying and doing all this stuff because he knew we're about to do something that I know she might not like. Do you think that's why? Especially after it was like a bait and switch. Oh, that's horrible. And it's so weird how someone can get into your head like that, right? Like, oh my goodness. So at this point when he was like, okay, they're coming to pick us up in 30 minutes. Were you kind of like understanding what was happening or were you still really confused like you were like what is going on i didn't know exactly what was gonna happen at that point like i knew i was in it i knew that yeah. i'd like ignore the red flags and this is part of that yeah. yeah but i still didn't think it was gonna amount to anything like i was like oh no fucking way you know so yeah okay so it goes down tell us about what happened at that point sorry i also am like smiling which is so rude i'm like it's just because the no, way she the way I'm, you're, like, I'm smiling i know she's you're smiling too yeah i know <laughs> just for the listeners i'm like so tell us because like emily's like grinning as she's telling you and you're you're such a, like a captivating storyteller it's making me like feel like we're in a movie right now so I know, okay I'm, I've, I've like honestly relived it so many times that now it's like almost comical like I, it's like on, i honestly make fun of myself because it's just so ridiculous yeah well it's not ridiculous but it's yeah well, i get what you're saying i've only gone to I, it took me a while to get to that point right, right. Yeah. remember but. we had we had another guest on and she was telling us her story was insane and to us we were like oh my god like as she's telling us but she said honestly now i just have to tell it almost with a sense of humor because i'm not that person anymore so it's kind of like reminding me of that kind of thing where you're like you you've relived it you figured it out and now it's almost like a, a movie that happened to you kind of thing yeah so, yeah yeah Okay, so then the friends, they come over to you, they meet you at the place, or, like, did you have to drive somewhere to go meet them? It looked like a bed and breakfast with, like, you know, a little wooden sign out front, and and then you go in, and, and there's a bunch of people there. There's, there's no guns. Like, there's not, like, people with weapons. There's no bodyguards. It's just, like, three people in there, but there's, like, tons and tons of cocaine in the wall. And they, the lady there, who's, like, I guess, like, the ringleader, she's actually so nice to me. She's like, oh, thanks so much for doing this, like, Ian's owes money all this stuff and i'm like, like she's just like, so, so casual and nice but really yeah. she's doing like the most oh. illegal thing okay yeah and she's like don't worry we're gonna make sure you get there nice and safe so at this point you're like okay i know i really know now what i'm like in for so were yeah. you were you scared were you like okay i just have to do this i and was get and i thought i could behave so badly the rest of the trip that i like could weasel my way out of it like i thought i could just be so dramatic like i wasn't i'm not talking about temper tantrum dramatic i'm just talking about like trying to assert that I was not going to be able to do this. Like I, I'm yeah. a terrible liar. Yeah. I just, yeah. and I'd never done that before. And I just want to go home. Like I get nervous going through customs without <laughs> doing anything wrong. Yeah. So and at this point, me. at this point, you're probably like, it's not actually going to happen. So it's fine. I'll just talk my way out of it and it's fine. Yeah. And so I honestly just got so like, so drunk the last three days. And I, I went to karaoke by myself, oh my by myself. Okay. Like do that's you, next level. Do you remember what song you chose? Yeah. I sang Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker and, <laughs> and, and New York, New York. We're Frank Oh my God. That's my favorite they are ever. The most opposite songs you could choose. And I've never been so happy. Like she's like New York. That's so funny okay sorry continue that's <laughs> hilarious yeah okay so like, by the end of the week he's kind of realized that like okay this girl clearly clear doesn't want to do it and yeah so he like finally agreed to let me take off these drugs at pearson once we landed and put them in my backpack and he would walk through customs because i was like i 
I'm going to lose it. Like I cannot, I cannot do this. I'm going to fail. We are going to be chopped up. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so we land at Pearson and he's, I've got, you know, two kilos Coke strapped to my waist and one on my butt. And then he, he also has it too. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, we landed. I'm trying to like breathe and I'm just staring at everything. Like, I, I don't know what I was staring at or staring. Like I wasn't, I wasn't going to sabotage the operation because then that would be my fault. Mm-hmm. And then, but, um, so I started to go to the bathroom. I was like, Oh, there's a bathroom. I'm going to go. And then he turns around and he's like, too late now so he knew he knew he was gonna fuck me over the whole time he knew he was never gonna take those drugs through the board through customs oh oh my gosh so it's too late now like you better continue through with that stuff on your body or oh my gosh that's horrifying you were saying you're gonna go to the bathroom to put them in your bag to give to him yeah he knew he was never gonna take that bag from me because he's a little bitch (laughs) (laughs) that is horrifying Oh my gosh, yeah. so now you know, so now you're even more panicked, and I'm picturing Pearson Airport right now. I know exactly where you had to walk out for this to happen. Yeah. It's like the bathroom right before you go out to customs, probably, right? And then you go through and you're in customs now. Like, that is like the, yeah. the, where you have to, like, put your thing saying how long you've been away from Canada. And they ask you if you have, like, anything to declare. Right? Oh my gosh, yes! And at oh. this point, like, my, like, after the whole second bait and switch, I was like, my loyalty to this motherfucker ended there. But my yeah. commitment to the task at hand, like I was terrified and I did not want to play hardball, did not. So I was like, I'm just going to try and and get through. Like, I'm just going to try. But again, if they if I freak out and he tells whoever it is, it's my fault, then that's my ass on the line. But maybe they'll come after my family. I don't know. I don't know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't even walk up to, to customs with him. I was like, no, I'm not even walking there right now. Yeah. Hate that's actually- I hate it. I hated him so much. Probably a smart and, um, idea to go like separate too. That's what I would think. I would think like I don't want to be walking through together with two like things yeah. bringing through, right? But I, I guess it's a red flag if you travel with someone and then you go oh, up separately. I didn't even think of that. Okay, okay. Yeah, and so like they scribble like a little number on um, on that yellow card, and then you go and get your bags. I honestly didn't even remember this, uh, but there's like a second checkpoint, and then like oh, let me see your cards. Uh, I showed him. I looked right and there was a secondary area that I'd never seen before because I'd never been called there before. But yeah. That's when I knew. That's when I knew it was, it was done. How did oh they know, gosh. though? How did yeah. they know? Mm, There's like a number of reasons. Um, the first is like when the tickets were booked. Like anytime like you book a ticket and it's like a day before you leave, it's like a red flag. Um, right. I'd also never traveled with him. And apparently he'd also booked multiple trips to the same location more than once right yeah yeah so that was another one um just like the way that we were uh, like behaving was so obvious like at least me that's what i was wondering that's what i was wondering if they noticed within your behavior and so all those oh yeah they're they're trained professionals like you know right Um, yeah 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 so they know there's also other reasons like um people sometimes what drug traffickers will do is they will basically call on on people who they who have it because they have such a small amount so that someone else can get through so with a bigger amount so they have like a decoy so i was just like a decoy because that's gonna be shit at it anyway oh my gosh so they're like yeah you're the decoy because i can get through while they're trying to check you out kind of thing yeah yeah so did he also get called or yeah. he, oh, he did. Get yeah, called. he was with okay. me. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. So you so you go into the to the right and you yeah. go into this room and and what happens from there? I felt I felt like a sense of relief to be perfectly honest with you. Like I yeah, it's almost like now that we're caught, there's nothing more we can do. So it's just like now I feel well. I felt better. safe because I was away from him, right? And right. Yeah. like at least oh. I 
you know? So, and I still didn't know what was going to happen. Like I didn't know because I didn't study the criminal code. I didn't plan this thing. I didn't know the risks. I just was a girl who went on a trip with her boyfriend who made some dumb decisions and wanted to go home. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So did you get arrested at the, like right there at the airport? Yeah. So yeah. Did, were they like, give me the drugs or what? They were just like, okay, we just have to ask you some questions. And then it was about my life, taxes, money. And then it went to like lifestyle and like partying. And I'm like, all these fuckers. But I was like, yeah, I party. Like, what do you want me to say? (laughs) And then um, they were like, oh, we're going to look in your suitcase. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, just being very polite. But obviously when you think you're hiding things, your body, you cannot control what your body does. Like when it comes to body language. Well, was, I was just a disaster. That's why I yeah. can never be an actress. Honestly, I <laughs> fail. Yeah, that's so. amazing, though. <laughs> okay, so they arrested you right there. Yeah, but you eventually said, "Okay, yes, I have drugs." Yeah, yeah, wow. and then okay. they because they said they're going to search me, and they're like, "Miss O'Brien, we just have to ask, do you have drugs on you?" And then I like looked at the floor, and it was like ears are ringing, and I was like, "Okay, this is the part where you need to tell the truth." Yeah. And I knew that, like, lying to a federal agent at this point, I knew that they were smart, and I knew that I was already caught. So I was like, I need to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. And especially after being bait and switched twice, I was like, fuck this motherfucker. Like, he can, you know, like, screw you. So I was like, yeah, I got got drugs on me. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly thought that I was just going to go home in, like, an hour. Oh, (laughs) okay. okay. So you're like, they're just taking me from here. We'll figure it out. I'll be home. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So then from the airport, where did you go? I was in the provincial maximum security jail for the weekend. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. And so, like, okay, this is the one thing. Well, I guess maybe maybe we don't ask this yet, but we are very curious, the the both of us. I, I One, I think we all have always had, like, a fear of going to jail or prison. And I don't know at all what it is like, like, once you get there, like, if it's like a movie, like, we have a bunch of questions about that kind of thing. And so sure. we're we're wondering if we can ask you, like, specific yeah. weird questions that I feel yeah. like everybody, like, nobody actually knows. Let's do it. There is this skincare line that Kayla and I started using, and it's called Face Addiction. It addresses all skin concerns, and it's something that you would, like, expect from a professional spotline. It smells amazing that's the first thing that we notice and it's free of chemical preservatives my mom will be so happy that's one thing i did not care about as a younger person and now i realize like why it's so important face addiction line has been formulated to work in harmony with each other in order to treat any skin type and the best part is they have a green commitment so their packaging amount of travel they do for delivery to like even the place the products are manufactured it's all amazing for our planet these are the people that are changing the world. Face Addiction. You can go to www.faceaddiction.ca and order this amazing product. And guess what? If you use the code SIBLINGS, then you get 15% off your entire order. What I don't know first, actually, is you spent the weekend there. But then did you like what happened in between that you actually like went to like do a sentence there? So after being on house arrest for two and a half years, I, I submitted a guilty plea because I knew that that was my first step in healing and moving on and taking responsibility and just starting the next part of my life as opposed to ending it. So that was in, I was sentenced to four years in federal prison. So mind you, four years doesn't mean you have to stay in for the four, four years. Like I'm still currently incarcerated, but I'm on parole right now. So right. January 16th, 2018, I went off to federal prison. That is okay. so much like more current than I was like 
thinking this was. Like, I knew it, but as you're telling the story, I'm picturing this as, like, 10 years ago. This was not 10 and, years yeah, ago. Yeah, like, you're still in this right now. You're, you're still, still in this. It. Like, obviously, you've grown and you've learned so much and whatever, but you're still in it right now, yeah. which is, which is like, yeah. once again, thank you so much for, like, telling us your story. Yes. Uh, no, um, so, okay, so how long in total were you in prison? Um, I was in for a year. Okay. And then six months and a halfway house after that. Can you, just for us that have no idea, when you get there, you walk in, what is the first thing that they that they do? Do they do they actually do it like in the movies where they, they like take your clothes and then like, like check out that you don't have anything and then give you like a jumpsuit? Like, is that what happens? Um, so first you have to, you, you get escorted out of the paddy wagon and like hand, like chains, basically like I was chained from head to toe and then chained to another girl. <laughs> and then, what? yeah. To and then to the, another you, they, girl? you walk, you like literally walk in shackles, like off the bus. <laughs> and then, um, the dogs, so the dogs do a little, you have to line up against the wall and then the dogs comes and sniffs you. And then you have to in each get uh, individually strip searched and then they assign you property. So federal prison is very different than provincial um so you get like stuff in federal prison like you get like bed sheets and um like institutional clothes and you get a fan and just stuff for your for your room like uh like toiletries and stuff and then but you're the majority of your stuff actually gets sent in from your family so you have to supply your own clothes yeah so that was an extended wh- answer, but basically you get strip searched. No, I want to know that. So the the yeah. things that they provide you, is it like your family goes like, oh, we want to like send her her like face cream or like, like what kind of stuff does your family send you? You have, they can only pretty much send clothes and they can't oh. have like drawstrings in them. They can't have um, hoods. You can send shoes um, depending on your crime. Like, cause mine was like a, I was like a very low risk offender. Right. I just right. had to do the time. So I was in a medium security unit and those rules are different, very different than max. So maximum prison federally is like, if you've been convicted of murder or very, very uh, violent assault. So, right. Oh, and so you could, me. you didn't have to wear like a foot, like a uniform, like you actually could yeah. wear like a shirt that was your own shirt kind of thing. Yeah. And the, the federal institutional that. clothes are like sweatpants and t-shirts and um, like you get like, like shower shoes and like even right. running shoes you get in socks and granny candy is my favorite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And so once you um, get in and now you have all your stuff. What was the first thing that happened? Did they put uh, in in your specific instance, like, were you in a cell or was it um, like you actually had like a cell with like bars or was it what was it like? Yeah. So after I got my property, I'll remember this like like it's crystal clear. You're dragging this big bag of stuff and they're like, OK, you're in house nine. So there's about a 17, 16 or 17 houses and they all have about nine to 11 or 12 people in them um some rooms have two people and some rooms have one but like i'm dragging this bag and it's when all the other inmates are inside their houses and i'm dragging this bag and i'm walking down this dirt path and everyone's just staring at me and i'm like oh my god this it was so surreal and then i'm like yeah. okay i see my house and they tell you where to go and then you you just knock on the door and then like this girl opened up and uh each house is like a house rep and they introduce you to everyone else and you get to know other people and um then the, you have a room like i had a roommate I had to share a room for the first, like, I think two months. I right. Think. And then, um, is it like a, yeah, then, I had bed? A, then I had my own room, which had a lock on it, oh. but it's not a cell. It's not a, like it's, oh. it's called your cell, but it's because people are there for such an extended amount of time in Canada. They have like beds and you have like a little desk and stuff, but it's still prison and it's right. You know, it's still, 
Yeah. Like some people might call it club med or club fed, but not if you've never had any club to begin with. So <laughs> yeah. Are you able to like leave that house ever? Or once you're in the house, is that where you do everything? Is that where you eat and stuff as well? Or do that house houses come together? Yeah, you have like a schedule. And so like there's certain times where you're allowed out of the house. Um, but then past a certain time, you have to like uh, be in the house and then past another certain time, you have to be actually in your cell for counts because oh, they do like they military do. style counts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And was your roommate the first time that you like met your roommate? Was it like a horrifying person or were you able to actually like talk to them? You know no, I, mean? I, I actually like, I love her so much. We actually met in the, in the bottom of the courthouse. Oh, on, like sentencing day. So it was so funny. Like the day that I said that I, day that I pled guilty, like, I guess the same day she was getting sentenced and then we were in the same holding cell in the bottom of the courthouse. And then we just, one of us turned the tap on and then it exploded water and we, and we were both just started laughing. Oh my god! And then gosh. we realized we were going to the same prison for the same crime. So, and then oh we got to the god. federal prison and then we, we actually got sent to the same house in the same room. So it was awesome. We're, we're really good friends. So it was, that's it was great. Room. Like, what are the chances of that? I know. That's crazy. And I well, feel like that's such a good first thing that happened to make you feel like I guess a little bit comfortable, you know what I mean? Like if 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 you can at all. Um yeah. one one question actually that you just made me think of too is once you're in there, is it like common practice that you know what everybody is in there for? Like do people say it? Do you talk about it? Do you memorize it like or is it like an unspoken thing? Um you you find out eventually. I mean, the ones you will mostly find out about are the ones who are like in protective custody for how do I say this? Um like they're not respected by the other inmates because of oh. the crime and, and yeah. if anything they're probably bullied for it so right uh, and would would that would any of those people ever be in your house though or was that a oh yeah yeah house? like they're you have to like kind of just mingle with everyone um but it's really up to you whether you want to be in, involved in the people engaged in like the bullying of that person like i just i didn't really go in there with that mindset so right. you were mixed in with the people that were also in protective custody. PC is actually part of provincial. So, but like people oh. that have been in PC and are now in federal, they're actually among every, everyone. So, oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So yeah. it is so, a thing that that happens that people get yeah. bullied. Like, yeah. so when you watch a movie or a TV show that is representing this, yeah. what are the most, like, what are the things that you're like, that's ridiculous. It's actually nothing like that. And what are the things that you're like, actually, that is what it was like. Like if you were to watch like oranges, the new black is there, are there any similarities or um do does tv make it worse or does tv make it better i think it definitely makes it, it worse in a lot of areas but again a lot of tv shows are portrayed about american prison so right right there is that context differentiation that you have to really be aware of yeah um but the other thing that i would think of is like i had like no problems with like weird perverted guards or like anything like that um because yeah, we always think there's like a bad one some of them have their like weird like idiosyncrasies but you like i never met i never heard of any guard bringing like drugs in or anything like that like in, in the jail jail where i was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so. so did was there like like was there fights and stuff that would happen yeah. or were you ever involved in a fight no but i like i didn't well i didn't go in there like trying to like yeah start be start. like <laughs> someone i wasn't but i also yes. was wasn't like someone to be messed with but i just didn't go out flaunting it. Like that's not yes. really what you do. And you also don't go starting problems for no reason. And you also don't acquire debts and you don't mess with people's relationships. And if you don't do those things, you'll never have There's a no reason, reason to, to come for you. Yeah. And if you clean up your shit, like if you leave a mess and you're living in a house with other people 
and you leave a fucking mess. Oh, sorry. You leave a mess everywhere. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to get into problems, especially people that have lived there like their whole life. Right. So it's just about, yeah. it's all about respect. It's, that's all it is. Yeah. Is when you say acquiring debts, what does that mean? Like what kind of debt could you acquire? Um, just drugs and goods and services. So that happens. Like do people, was there anything, um, like, do you remember Kayla, the one person told us about how she used to make, um, eyeliner and makeup from magazine um, things have yeah, you like ever heard- she learned a lot of things to do like when she like got tricks. her period she made things to make tampons because they don't give you tampons and but yeah. i bet you they did where you were though did you did you get um like tampons instead of pads and stuff like that or um i, don't, I haven't had my period in a very long time so oh, okay so you're <laughs> like i didn't even need it <laughs> but they do they do give you pads yeah okay okay which i did make a prison dildo out of that really you made a what a prison dildo made, out of pads made a dildo out of pads Wait, how? Tell us. Oh, you just rolled them up like someone else showed me it, and I thought it was like so cool. <laughs> so you roll up the pads to make it like penis-like? Yeah. <laughs> that is like, see, th- this is the kind of stuff we need to know, Emily. <laughs> Want to hear about my X-rated prison art that I made? Yes. So like sexuality and um, is something that's very like banned in prison and just like embracing your sexuality is something that's shamed. And oh, this alone was something that I really didn't like. Like your body is shamed. Like, you know, the strip searches that happen are very traumatizing, especially for women that experience sexual violence. And on a serious note, like even when you leave prison, you have to doc, you have to basically tell your parole officer who you're sleeping with. And, and the, this control over like a woman's body, I just find completely appalling and not mm. constructive to a healthy relationship and healthy way of living at all. And I really hated this. And, and they wouldn't let me see my, my, um, my boyfriend like at the time came to visit me and they said he had traces of cocaine. And then they went on telling me that he was like a, a druggie and all this, like, all these horrible Is things. Is this the boyfriend so was, that got you into prison? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No. Okay. How did you get that boyfriend though? Yeah. This was the one that I'd been seeing for about two years. Like, while oh, I was okay, okay. Oh, okay. 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 And yes, yeah, so they're like, Oh, they started making all these accusations about him. And then they're like, we're not going to let you like have your like little private, it's called private family visit where you get to like, have conjugals. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that is a real thing. Yeah. So they yeah. Get, they give you how long and you're allowed to have sex, right? Like how how, how long do they give you to do it? Usually like uh, an overnight. Really? Oh, wow. And how often yeah. do you get a conjugal? How often does that happen? Not very like once every 2 months if you're lucky. <gasps> yeah, and so they like canceled everything after these like apparent traces of cocaine or whatever. And so I was like, you know what? Like I'm so mad. And then this was after I got in trouble for accidentally falling asleep naked. So, and they told me like, hey, put your clothes on. Like, we don't want to see that. And I was like, oh, fuck, fuck you Wait. and your sexual shaming. Like, fuck Kayla, you. Kayla, she's like you where she'll say a shocking story and we have no idea what the story is. <laughs> this is what my sister does too. She'll be like, yeah. So, and she'll say this crazy thing. I'm like, wait, what? So wait, what happened? You were naked. You fell asleep. I got in trouble in prison for nudity twice. Okay. You actually just accidentally <laughs> fell asleep naked. And they yeah. were like, we, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So when you got in trouble, what happened? Like you just, they were like, I was just like, I was just so fed up with like just the control over like the agency yeah. that you should have for your own body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so basically I made this like, it was, it was like paint night. It was paint night in prison. I was like, I don't know. And you weren't allowed to si- send like erotic letters. Like none of that stuff. <laughs> like, cause they would just be like, oh, you can't like send this kind of material like in the mail. Yeah. And so 
me being like naturally creative, I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to like, so I, it was paint night. And so I ended up like taking some of the paint, like the, from the craft room or whatever, back to my room. And I painted like on my paint on like on my badge. And then I imprinted it with a piece of paper. So it looked like a butterfly. <laughs> and then I, and then I mailed it out to him. They, Cause you, you can't really tell what it is. It just oh, they like, don't know what it fucking, is. It's just like fucking abstract art. <laughs> yeah. But the, and the you're guards like, jokes physically on had you. to open it because they, they read all your mail. So right. They physically had to open it and like scan it with their hands. And they're like, oh, this is a nice butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. That okay, also, is awesome. I feel like this could make a lot of money in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like people yeah. are like, this is how butterfly they can start vagina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That oh is, my god, that's epic. So that's we now hilarious. know you're like very creative and you're just like, let's <laughs> think outside the box, part of the yeah. pun. Like you're <laughs> like, yeah. So that's amazing. Okay. I so you got it. away with some erotic art. Yeah. But wait, also, do you know how they didn't know what it was? Did your boyfriend know what it was? <laughs> oh, I told them. I told them. Oh, okay. They don't listen to everyone's phone conversations. Okay. okay, okay. You're under suspicion of everything because there's just way too many phone calls. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's only if you're under you... position for vagina art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and money laundering. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they thought I was like somehow I had like a lot of friends bringing me in money, like different friends. And they were like accusing me of being this like prison drug lord. What? Because <laughs> your friends so were just good. being so nice and you just had so much money at this point that they're like, you must be a drug lord. Like <laughs> I was like, I was like, I need candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So that's how, is that how you make money? They have to give you, someone has to give you money and then it goes into like a little bank account or whatever. It goes into and a, then, an inmate trust, an okay. inmate trust account. And then you can go like, okay, here's the candy that I want and whatever. Did you Yeah, ever... and you can like buy like journals, you can buy like, I don't know, crafts and shit, like basically oh. anything. And then you, but your phone cards are actually really expensive too. So at least 150 bucks a month is going towards your prison phone card. Oh, oh and then wow. how many calls will that get you? Um, it's about 11 to 19 cents a minute, depending where you're calling. So, oh, that's awful. And did you have a job? I had a prison job. Yeah. I was a garbage lady. And then I, um, was a carpenter and then I was a librarian and a babysitter. And then I started a a prison, I started a prison meme club. Okay. Okay. Wait, this is first of all, what do you mean a babysitter? How could you babysit? My friend, um, well, she's my friend. She's an inmate as well. Like, she had a baby and like the prison actually has a program called the mother child program. <gasps> and so if your baby, I think is under, I forget the actual age, but I think it's just under four. It can actually live with you in the unit. Really? Whoa. I did. We had a one year old in our, in our, <laughs> and you're like, I'm the babysitter. <laughs> so I was like a caregiver. I took the parenting class. What? And yeah. so then you get paid to do that stuff and then you can use that money in prison. Yeah, but you don't. You actually get taxed in there. You get taxed from this. The um, from like the how much system. is it? I don't know. I'm like, is this rude to ask? But I feel like you'll be fine with it. Like, how much would you make? How much would you make to like as an like hour the garbage? You get you yeah. make you make five dollars and sixty cents a day, and then <laughs> and then they tax and then you get taxed. Yeah, that is rude rid- board ridiculous. <laughs> That is oh crazy. My oh my god. <laughs> so obviously so I can survive on that kind of money. No, you know? you, I need to have right? extra sources. Yes. <laughs> okay, wait. And then what do you mean you made a meme club? <laughs> oh yeah, that was just a hobby. That was just a hobby. I started a meme club. I, I would cut out like old newspaper articles and pictures and then attach them to like prison settings. And then I would give them out to all the, the inmates. And it was just like our own little like meme club making fun of like shit in prison. Okay, okay. I feel like if I was in prison 
having you there would be like the best frigging thing. Like these people got so lucky for this year that you were there because you're just like, you're doing crafts. You're And then we yes. haven't even gotten into the main thing. But now yeah. it's so funny because when at first when I was hearing the story, I'm like, how do you even come about starting a popcorn business? But now it just makes sense because it's yeah, like she's yeah. Like, like, yeah, Emily's just like, you know what? I'm a little bored and we're going to figure yeah. this out. And that is something that's actually blowing my mind right now because I, it really does depend on who you're sharing your prison experience with can you imagine being like so depressed or upset that you're there then all of a sudden Emily's like hey got a meme for you like it it would make it I bet you you change I love it I legit bet you you change so many lives in there and like saved so many people from becoming like depressed that they were in there so you mentioned the popcorn we should get we should find out about this first before the popcorn can I just ask how was the food was it um so there was there was a, there's like a food services department. So in federal prison, they have to, in Canada, mind you, like not everywhere else in the world, in federal prison in Canada, they have to provide you with like food that's on Canada's food guide. Okay. So you would have an allowance, a food allowance of $38.01 a week to spend on like this grocery list. What we would do is like you get like uh, meats, eggs, bread, cheese, fruits. You could buy like dry goods, flowers, spices. And then on the canteen list, that was where you could spend your own money. So like, the the $38.01 was like an allowance from the jail. It was like, okay, you get to spend this on because you cooked your own food. You're in a you had your own kitchen. Oh, okay. And but you had to cook with other people. Yeah. Because you're so creative. Now I want to know like what did you pick? Because I feel like you would have thought of like, don't you feel like Emily would have thought of Delicious like the best food. Yeah. way to like I made, spend like, that? The, I kind of had a boring diet in there, but like I learned how to make chili. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's awesome. That's got like a bunch of different ingredients. Like yep, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah, my life. I'm gonna make chili. I felt so proud of myself. And then um I don't know, I would just make like a lot of oatmeal. Like I had a very, very bland diet yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was healthy. Because yeah. like part of my addiction actually stemmed from like an eating problems with eating from when I was younger. So I was like, I didn't want to have like a relapse in there. Right. And so I okay. just wanted to stick to what I knew. Yep. And yeah. this is a, this is another question that I have too. Sure. You you said you don't want to classify yourself as an addict. Like you don't. That's not what you are. That's yeah. not who you are. Um, no. But at one point in time, you were you uh, you would say addicted to drugs, right? And, I would and say I would say using heavily. Using yeah. heavily. Okay. So yeah. was that a struggle for you having to stop that? Like were you? No. Did you, I was no? excited. Oh. Yeah, oh, I guess. Awesome. I don't like. I like because I felt like for me and like. Everyone like takes the word addict and addiction in a different way, whatever way it helps serve their recovery the best. Right. So yeah, some people like to reinforce that they are an addict so they will never go back. Right. But me, I'm like, I, I felt like that was so powerless. Right. And I was like, there's no way I'm like, fucking ad-. like, no way. Yeah. Like, like I, knew that I, was, I was into you. the scene and I was using too heavily at the time to get through a challenging time that it wasn't. And I figured out it was the wrong way to deal with yes. something. So that okay. to me is not addiction. Wait, the one show I recently watched, though, they, like, made alcohol in prison. They, like, learned ways to make alcohol. Did you guys Yeah, know? you can make it called brew, but if you don't make it right, you can go blind. And I also didn't oh. want to be drunk in prison. I was like, why? I was like, I'm here for a reason. It's, it's to address how I deal with handling challenging times yeah. and I knew that I wasn't an addict so why the fuck would I do it in prison no that's like the best yeah yeah like but yeah. not a lot of people can do that right so exactly. like, that's amazing. like I, yeah. I had the help to like I had the family and like a lot of people in there is what I really realized like they had all these traumas and built on traumas and that's why they you know turned to substances and never been able to get off because they hadn't grown up in the, in certain like environments of like a positive environment or one where mm-hmm. they felt up 
and I yeah. had that and I was like I there's no way that oh. like I can just throw all of this potential away and, and yeah. I knew that I had work to do like I had to keep hold up my end of the bargain you know yeah so then we get into the popcorn <laughs> yes so tell us how that started in prison the popcorn business started in prison because I really realized how much potential everyone else in there had and I realized that how misunderstood we all were and I realized there's also so many institutions in society that are part of the problem for crafting this image of people that are incarcerated um, without digging deeper. Yeah. And I just, I just thought for the amount of like suffering that people endure and like the amount of suffering that people have endured prior to prison, it just like, wasn't really the right way to be as a human. And it wasn't like the right, it isn't the right way for us to be as a society to like keep punishing because what I learned right. is that like 80% of women in there had actually suffered tremendous violence or sexual abuse so or mental illness. And that's not something, that's not a good reason why you should hate someone or a good reason why someone isn't deserving yeah. to be in society and to be welcomed in society. And, but it was just, people are just so scared to share their story or try to get out. Like for a lot of people in prison, prison is freedom and society is prison. Because they feel so fucking alone. Right. So it's like, okay, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to change yeah. the narrative narrative. And snacks were popular in prison and snacks brought people together and, and popcorn was reasonably healthy. Um, so it helped me find comfort. And so combining all those things with other people's stories and the human responsibility of creating change started with popcorn. And so now we have a it's called comeback snacks. And cause it's like anyone can make a comeback and but you have to try, right? Yeah. First of all, best, best name ever. Was popcorn part of like your grocery list? And then you were like, uh, like, how did you have to present it to the guards to like, how did that work? No, the spices, the spices we had access to were part of the grocery list. And then the kernels were actually from the canteen. Okay. Yeah. So then oh. did you start making it and then giving it to people? Is that what happened? Um, no, I just started messing around with the recipes and like, and really realizing hey, there wasn't like a market for like I knew popcorn, I didn't have to reinvent the wheel because I knew popcorn was a thing. Yeah. So it was popcorn something that people are already familiar with. The one thing that Kayla, you told me is that everybody, um, or or I don't know if it's everybody or some of the people you actually um hire people to work for you that have been um in prison before or have been convicted, and you give people that chance. And so is that that's something that you probably feel is really important, right? It absolutely, it absolutely is because like it's so easy to like hate a stranger but whenever something like happens to someone we love we have a completely different idea of who they are it's like oh no well if they was like your mom or your sister that did something and got yep. them into themselves in trouble yep. you'd forgive them almost instantly you'd be on their side and it actually harms society and it harms the other person as well and that just living right. like that just doesn't get yeah. you very far. I feel like a lot of people might feel ashamed to be turned down somewhere when it's not fair. And then like Emily's providing exactly. the opportunity to make them yeah. not feel horrible. So that's, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. My, my other thing I was going to say is I remember hearing in your one interview, you said a lot of people just assume like, oh, they steal from you or they do yeah. like, like, but that doesn't happen. Right. Like you were, you said like, you've really hadn't had. Every job, yeah, and, it's, and that something. all comes from instilling trust and having <laughs> yeah. an open dialogue. Yeah. Right? If you tell if someone tells you like what they're struggling with and then they can trust you, you build yeah. a whole new family. You might even yeah. build their first family they ever had. Oh, and yeah. I feel like most people in this situation unfortunately end off 
in a very it it doesn't end off well for them, right? And you yeah. just took your situation and turned it around in the best way possible, mm-hmm. and you're still in it. You're still learning. Like yeah. we're oh, all yeah. learning, but you're still. This is still like you said. You're still on parole, right? I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. I, 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 I know you just told me that, but like, I forgot. So you're still on parole, which means. What, yeah. Like, what are your restrictions? Don't commit crimes and don't hang out with people that commit crimes. And Perfect. don't do, uh, don't that do doesn't illegal, mean, parole doesn't substances. mean house arrest, right? Parole is different from house arrest. Parole just parole means is like, like, I live like I'm completely like on my own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you, yeah, go ahead, Kayla. Oh, I was just going to say, so can you t- just tell us about your company? Like, so yeah. can you tell us like the flavors? <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. We started with popcorn kernels and stamps and now we're in over like 40 stores. Um, yeah. So we ship it all across North America. Uh, we work with tons of different charities. Our, our four flavors right now, like they do change seasonally. Like we add on new ones, but we have, um, peanut butter caramel. We have double coated caramel, cheesy caramel, which is like the love child of Chicago. It's like, if you know, yeah. A cheese cheddar and a caramel kernel banged each other. That's it. It's all in one kernel. Oh, Wait, oh you said my you gosh. said three flavors. What's your fourth? And then the last one, what's the oh salted chocolate caramel. And then in okay, the summer, I we're coming out it. with PB and J. So wait, how can we get this? How can we get this? Where can we go? Can we can we order it? Can we go yeah. to this, like, store and get it? How do we? Yeah, do it? um, if you had to come back snacks.com slash shop, it'll have have a list of all of our retailers. If you want to okay. like, if you feel like doing in store experience, um, you can also just order it like online, like on the same link. So. Okay. And, and has COVID affected your business at all in any way or? Yeah, of course. Um, like it has kind of every, every business, but like with ours, we just shifted our our focus to work in in a different channel. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. now more than ever, people can relate to a brand like ours. It's like creating through chaos, creating through adversity. Yeah. Yeah. even you even put a positive twist on that. I know. Like you're the best person. Yeah, it's ever. just like you just the way you have to like look at life and you just can't, like there's always like an excuse for something. And first is COVID. Now like yesterday it's like the weather and now people are don't want to go for the weather. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like sometimes it just blows my mind like how many excuses people can, can have yeah, for inaction. Yeah. One last question for you is is like are you happy that you went to prison i know that's a weird question yeah, but absolutely. it seems like it like yeah. changed you for well, the you better wouldn't, like, you wouldn't be where you were today i don't think yeah i mean happen. like i needed a, i definitely needed a kick in the ass i mean obviously i didn't wish someone harmed me in that way but at the end of the day some of my behaviors and antics coming up up to that point were reckless mm-hmm. and i needed a bit of tough love for my family and i need a little bit of toughness from in general right you genuinely are just like an amazing human being i just feel so like lucky to get to like talk to you and i know <laughs> literally at the beginning of the podcast we said is there anything you're uncomfortable talking about and emily was like no just ask me so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that is you amazing exclusive, you got some exclusive stories there too I love yes, it. yes. <laughs> love it i have to call my sister exclusives it's great not just tea you got the steep tea the steep tea <laughs> Okay, so can you can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, um, yeah, come at comebacksnacks.com or on social media at ems.obrien or at comebacksnacks. And M's uh, E-M-Z. We'll make sure in the description we'll put those links so that they can easily mm. click on it and follow you. Um, yeah, thank you so yeah. much. You're the best. I feel like we're best friends. Yeah, or you can also order the popcorn on well.ca. If you if you get well, you can 
Oh, I'm legit going to hang up this phone call and order popcorn right now. I'm not kidding. I'm so excited to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and the comeback story, because that's what it's all about. I have to call my sister. When you rate, review, subscribe, it helps us out. Because we love them what we do without a doubt. So we want to thank you for taking the time. Oh, so here we go. We busting, we busting around. Oh, this is our podcast. We're here to stay. My name is Kayla. This is Stacey K. Okay, that. Uh, I have to call my sister. Hey, hey, you there? Kayla, stop. You heard it here first. Okay, never mind. We're not doing you the rap anymore. Did here first. Oh my god. That's what I'm talking about. Hey ho. Uh.